Bibles to Romans chapter 3, verse 27. Romans chapter 3, verse 27. Because tonight we're going to talk about the laws of faith. The laws of faith. Tell your neighbor the laws of faith. The laws of faith. Romans chapter 3, verse 27 reads, Where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law? Of works? Nay, but what? Are y'all there? Or you can look on the screen, one or two. Romans 3, 27. Let's read it again. Where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law? Of works? Nay, but by the what? By the law of Faith. Now turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. And it reads, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Anybody in Christ Jesus in this room? It says, Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me what? Free from the law of sin and death. Now these two scriptures that we just read is the base of all spiritual knowledge. Let me say again. These two scriptures is the base of all spiritual knowledge. And people have this idea that the world or the spirit is just loosey and goosey. And they say, well, you never know what God is going to do. And you got to ask, how dumb can you be? Come on, that's absurd. Come on. All, listen, all of the realm of the spirit and consequently all the realm of creation and all matter was created by a spirit. Let me say it again. All the realm of the spirit, and consequently all the realm of creation, all matter, come on, was created by a what? By a spirit. We'll turn to John 4.23. Was created by a what? A spirit. John chapter 4, verse 23. And it says, but the hour cometh, Jesus talking now is, when a true worshiper shall what? Worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Then Jesus, Jesus is speaking of his Father. God says, God is a what? God is a what? Spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in what? Spirit and in truth. So it says, God is a what? God is a what? Spirit. Now go to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. So God is a spirit, and we stated, come on, that all the realm of the spirit, and consequently all the realm of creation and all matter was created by a spirit. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Are you there? And it reads, God who has sundry times in divers manners 
spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made what? He made the what? He made the world. So God, who is a spirit, did what? He made the what? Worlds. So the worlds were, the worlds were made by a spirit. Come on, are you with me? Now turn to John 1.1. 1, 1. So the worlds were made by a what? Spirit. Because you're going to see why we're so strong on spiritual things. Come on, say amen, somebody. Because the world was made by the what? By a spirit. And what are you? John 1.1. 1, 1. It reads, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. What is God again? He's a what? Spirit. Verse 2. The same was in the beginning with God, all things, all things were made by who? By him, God, and without him was not anything made that was what? Made. So all the realm of creation, all matter was created by a spirit, and God is a? God is a spirit. See, spiritual law is higher than the laws of physics. Let me say it again. Spiritual laws is higher than the laws of physics. The laws of the spirit created the laws of physics. Let me say it again. The laws of the spirit created the laws of what? Physics. That's the reason, once again, amen, once you under, begin to understand the laws of physics, you'll find they mirror the laws of the Spirit. Let me say it again. Once you begin to understand the laws of physics, you'll find they mirror the laws of the Spirit. Well, the definition of the laws of the physics is they are conclusions. Let me give you the definition. The laws of the Spirit, they are conclusions based on scientific experiments and observation over many years and which have become accepted universally within the scientific community. Let me say it again. The definition of the laws of the spirit is they are conclusions based on scientific experiments and observations over many years, which have become accepted, what, universally within the scientific community. Physical laws, according to scientific communities, community laws, physical law, wait, let me say, physical laws, according to the scientific community, are one, they're true. In other words, it said the definition is, at least within their regime of validity, by definition, there has never been, they, they have never been repeatable contradicting observations. Let me say it again. Physical laws, according to the scientific community, are laws that are true. Somebody say true. At least within their regime of validity, by definition, there have never been repeatable, contradicting observations. Also, physical laws, according to the scientific community, are laws that are universal. In other words, they appear to apply everywhere in the universe. 
Let me say it again. They appear to apply everywhere in the universe, so they're universal. Somebody say universal. They're also simple. In other words, they're typically expressed in terms of simple mathematic equations. Amen? They're also absolute. Somebody say absolute. In other words, nothing in the universe appears to affect them. These are laws of the physics. Nothing in the universe appears to what? Affect them. They're also stable. This is all talking about the laws of physics. They unchanged, they're stable meaning unchanged since first discovered. Yeah, what I just said. Unchanged since first discovered. And they're also omnipotent. These are all laws of physics, the definition. They're omnipotent, meaning everything in the universe apparently must comply with them. Now, now you can see why the laws of physics mirror the laws of the spirit. Come on, are you with me out there? Why? The laws of the spirit are true. The laws of the spirit are universal. The laws of the spirit are simple. The laws of the spirit are absolute. The laws of the spirit are stable. The laws of the spirit are omnipotent. Everything in the universe must apply to the laws of the spirit or must comply to the laws of the spirit. Are you with me out there? That's why, listen to me now, that's why there's no such thing as the word of God not working. Say it again. There's no such thing as the word of God not working. Turn to John 6, 63. Hey, neighbor, there's no such thing. There's no such thing as the word of God not working. Jesus said in 6, 63, chapter 6, verse 63, he said, is the spirit that what? Wickedness. The flesh profits nothing. He says, the words that I speak unto you, they are what? They are what? Spirit, and they are what? Life. So spiritual words created the realm of the creation in all matter. Are you following me? Spiritual words did what? Created the realm of creation, and they created all matter. That's why there's no such thing as the word of God not working. Are you with me? Go back to Hebrews 1, 1, 2 again. There's no such thing as the word of God not working. We got to get that in our heart and our mind. There's no such thing as the word of God not working because it's the word that created all things. Hebrews 1, 2. He says, in these last days, spoken unto us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of what? All things by whom he also what? Made the worlds, verse 3, who being the brightness of his glory and express image of his person, upholding how many things? Upholding how many things? All things by what? By the word of his what? Power. When he had by himself purged our sin and sat down on the right hand of majesty on high. See, the word has the word because why? The word created all things. So the word has to work. Tell you, David, the word has to work. It is impossible 
for the word not to work. Let me say it again. It is impossible for the word not to work. Now, there are people that don't work. Let me say it again. There are people that don't work. And see, people say stupid things like, I tried that faith stuff, and it just didn't work. It just doesn't work. And that's not the case. Well, what happened then? Well, that faith stuff tried you, and you didn't work. Come on, are you with me out here? And see, it's so easy to understand, folks. Faith, somebody say faith. Faith, along with all the laws of the Spirit, are highly governed and very exact. They're what? They're highly governed and very what? Exact. Let me ask you a question. Would an airplane have flown in 1816 as well as in 2016? That's not a trick question. <laughs> Say it again. When an airplane flown in 1816 as well as in 2016? Yes. Well, what is the difference? Nobody understood the laws that governed it. You got it now? Nobody understood the what? The laws that governed it. Somebody had to get in there and work it and stay with it and fail and fail and fail and fail until the discoveries were made. Come on, they're with me out here. And it's no accident that both the Wright brothers were used by God in that discovery. They were sons of a bishop, right? You hear what I just said? They were sons of a bishop, right? He was the founder of the oldest Methodist seminary in the United States. And Bishop Wright, who was a powerful man of faith and power, he taught those boys these very principles that you have to seek God to get this because why? He knows how. Because think about it. The birds have been doing it since day one. Come on, are you with me out here? And all the laws that govern faith, all the laws that what govern faith, once you begin to seek the Lord and you inquire of him about the spiritual force of faith and you stay in the word, and you stay in the word. And you stay in the word. And you make the absolute declaration that your word, Father God, is final authority. This is the bottom line. This is the way it works. And when I find something in your word, I'm going to change my thinking. I'm going to change my lifestyle to fit your word. I'm not going to attempt to change your word to fit what I think. 
And that's the reason people have gotten into so much trouble because that spawns religious ideas. Religion, that's where religion comes from. Come on, say amen, somebody. Listen, there is political correctness and there is religious correctness. And religious correctness is just as dangerous or even more so as political correctness. Come on, say amen, somebody. And we're seeing that, we're seeing what political correctness is doing in our government even today. Well, religious correctness is just as dangerous. People don't want to call a spade a spade. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. Because why? Because it's not politically correct. In the same way with religion. Religious correctness has had a huge impact on the things of the spirit or manifestations of the spirit. Why? They say things like, well, Pastor Walker, that's just not the way we believe it. Come on. I don't think that's right. See, it don't mean a thing about what you think or what I think. Come on, say amen, somebody. It's when you and I come to the place where we say, Father, your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Father, your ways are higher than our ways. So I'm coming up there with you. I want to know what you said about this in the beginning, Lord. Come on, say amen, somebody. We're talking about what? We're talking about the laws of faith. Somebody say the laws of faith. Look at Romans 8.2 once again. Once again, it says, for the law of the what? Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me what? Free from the what? From the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has freed me from what? Made me free from the law of what? Sin and death. In other words, listen to this now. Faith-filled words dominate the laws of death. Faith-filled words dominate the laws of what? Death. Think about this. Men and women are saved. Men and women are healed. Men and women are delivered, filled with the Spirit of God, prospered by what? By hearing and believing and confessing words. Come on, are you with me out here? Once again... Men and women are saved, healed, delivered, filled with the Spirit of God, prospered by hearing and believing and confessing what? What? Words. Because faith-filled words dominate the laws of death. Listen, you can't get faith any other way. Go to Romans 10.6. You're healed, delivered, filled with the Spirit of God, prospered by hearing, believing, and confessing what? Words. Somebody say words. Take it there, but you can't get it any other way. Romans chapter 10, verse 6. Are you there? It says, but the righteousness which is of what? Faith does what? It does what? It speaketh. Somebody say it speaketh. It speaketh on this wise. Say not in thy heart who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, 
Osho descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. I said, what's up? In other words, here's what faith says. Here's what faith what? Says. It says, the word is what? Nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt what? Confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Why? For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the, and with the mouth confession is made unto what? Salvation. That is the basic fundamental law of faith. And there's no way of escaping it in any area, spirit, soul, or body. Whether financially or socially. That's the way faith works. That is the fundamental law of what? Faith. Somebody say faith. Look at Galatians 5, 6. <clears throat> Talking about the laws of faith, folks. Galatians 5, 6. It says, for in Jesus Christ neither what? Circumcision avail of anything, nor uncircumcision. Well, what does avail? But faith, which what? Worketh by what? By love. So, no love, no faith. No love, no faith. See, you can hold on. For I believe it in my heart, and I confess it with my mouth. And you can go through all that exercise. You can go through it over and over and over. I believe in my heart, and I confess it with my mouth, and do that over and over and over again, and receive absolutely nothing. Why? Because one of the absolute laws of faith is faith worketh by love. That is a basic fundamental law that governs faith. Amen. And you can't get around it, folks. You cannot get around it. This is a fundamental law. It's absolute. It's omnipotent. It is stable. It is simple. Come on, say amen, somebody. Faith. Worker by love. Well, people, then people say, well, I guess God didn't intend on me to have that anyway. Because they don't understand this. No love, no faith. They don't want to point the finger at what the, really, what the problem really is. No love, no faith. Unforgiveness. No faith. Let me say it again. Unforgiveness. No faith. You put, you, listen, you put love first and faith will follow. Let me say it again. You put love first and what? Faith will follow. 
Well, Pastor Walker, if I put my love out there, it might not work. No. There's no such thing as it not doing what God said it will do. Tell your neighbor, there's no such thing. And it has nothing to do with how you feel or the way you feel. Your feelings have little or nothing to do with it because why? Faith is an issue of the heart. Say it again. Faith is a what? Is an issue of the heart. Faith is a spirit man force. It's coming out of your what? Spirit. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Turn there. Faith is a what? Spirit man force. A spirit man. The real you man force. The man inside you. Come on, say amen, somebody. The one we've been talking about on Sunday. Creating righteousness and true holiness. Come on, it's a spirit man force. Faith is in there. He said, now faith is a what? Is a substance of what? Things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is a spiritual force, folks, and it's extremely powerful. Come on, say it's extremely powerful. It's a creative force. It's a connecting force. Come on, are you with me out here? And it is what? It is believed in the heart. And it is what? Released by words and corresponding action. Let me say it again. Faith is believed in the heart. It is released by, by words. Come on, say released by words and by corresponding, by corresponding. Well, look at look what James says in James 2.20. James 2.20. It's released by what? Words and what? Corresponding action. James 2.20 says, But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. Look what he says in verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is what? Dead. So faith without works is what? It's dead also. Well, what happens to the body when the spirit departs? It's dead. Come on, it's what? The body in that casket is dead because why? The spirit is no longer there. There's no longer a life-sustaining force in it. Why? Because your spirit is the life Sustaining force that keeps your body alive. When the spirit departs, that body is dead. Come on, are you with me out there? Well, it says here, faith without corresponding action is the same way. Without corresponding action, your faith is dead. Let's say it again. Without corresponding action, your faith is dead. Well, the corresponding action is the what? Is the life force that keeps your faith alive. Without corresponding action, 
your faith will go feeble and it'll just die out. So you can't just say, I have faith, 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 and I see no corresponding action to your faith. Because he said faith without works is without corresponding action is what? Dead. And people will sit up there and say, I got faith, 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 and they won't step out and do nothing. They have no corresponding action to their faith, even though they may have faith, but it's not working. Because he says right here, faith without corresponding action is dead. Come on, are you with me out there? It's what? Now, this will bring us back to another point in the laws of faith. Listen to me now. You cannot compromise your confession of the word of God without losing it. What I do, I go to the word. And I find the scripture, 1 Peter 2.24, who his own self bear our sins on his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto what? Righteousness by whose stripes you were, you were, you were. Well, what else can you say about that? That's just the truth. By his stripes, I am, I was healed. The question now is, do I believe that in my heart? Do I what? Do I believe that in my heart? Yes, I do. Come on, say yes, I do. Well, then, if I believe in my heart, he said do what? Say it with my mouth. Say it with my what? Well, I don't know. I just feel. Uh, uh. No, you don't believe it in your heart. You're not fully persuaded. So what do you got to do? I got to meditate on that. How does, faith, how does faith come? By hearing and hearing by the what? Hearing by the word of God. And someone may, may believe that faith comes from some drastic experience, and that's what people think. Faith does not come from some drastic experience, folks. That's not how faith comes. And they'll actually quote James 1.3, turn there. Someone may believe that faith comes by some drastic experience, some disaster. Or they'll say, God's trying to teach me a lesson to bring my faith up. Well, James 1.3 says, knowing this, that the trying of your, the trying of your, do is what? It worketh what? Patience. It says the trying of your faith worketh patience. It doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that the trying of your faith makes your faith grow. Let me say it again. It doesn't say anywhere in the Bible where the trying of your faith Make sure what? Faith grow. It doesn't come from that. Tell your neighbor, it doesn't come from that. It's the trying of your faith that puts patience to work or spiritual endurance to work. It does not make your faith grow. So don't be sitting up there saying, God's allowing me to go through this so he can increase my faith. That's not going to increase your faith. Trials and tribulations do not increase your faith. That's why I hate when I hear somebody preach that 
you know, God's going to you, God, God, I'll let you go through this, so he needs to get you to a higher level. God can get me there another way, you know. By just showing me in his word. Come on, say amen, somebody. I don't have to go through stuff. Some people believe you got to go through stuff to get somewhere. You don't have to go through stuff, folks. Come on. Romans 10, 17 says what? Romans 10, 17. So faith cometh by what? By hearing and hearing by the what? By the word of God. This is spiritual law. This is the law of faith. Why? Because that's where it comes from. So you got to settle that. Tell your neighbor you got to settle that. You have to settle that. That's where faith comes from. I don't care what other ideas there are. That's where faith comes from. Faith only comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Settle that in your heart. I'm not going to get faith any other way. Amen. But by what? Amen. By hearing and hearing by the what? You got to settle that in your heart. Amen? Amen. Say, I'm settling that. That faith only comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Look at Luke chapter 17, 4, 5. 17, verse 5. We know after Jesus told them to forgive seven times 70, and one day, in verse 5, the apostle said, Lord, increase our faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, say amen, somebody. So in verse 5, it said, the apostle said to the Lord, Lord, increase our faith. Seven times 70 in one day? You just don't know what they've done to me. And the Lord said, if you had faith, as a grain of mustard seed. Somebody say seed. It says you might say unto the sycamore tree, be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should what? It should obey. But notice it says, if you had faith as a grain as a seed, that you might say. If you had faith as a seed, you might, you might, you might, you might say. He had already taught them about faith and concerning sowing it. He said if you sow it, it will grow. Come on, anybody get that? If you sow it, it will what? They said increase our faith. He said sow it. Sow what you got and it will grow. Sow the faith you got and it will grow. How do I sow it? By saying. If the Bible says by his stripes you were healed and you feel something, you don't say, I thought I was healed. You shut up. At least you better shut up. Matter of fact, go to James 3.13. You sow what you have, and it will grow. So I can sow my faith. By what? By what? By what? Saying. 
So I determine how much seed, faith, I have in the ground and how much harvest I receive from my seed, faith. And I can receive enough harvest to do what? To say unto the sycamore tree, be thou plucked up by the sea and planted in the sea. Come on, by, by the root, plant the sea. And it says, it will obey me. Because why? I planted what? I sowed the seed of faith by what? Saying it. Somebody say, saying it. Come on, stay your neighbor. You got to say it. James 3.13. Now, the apostle James was raised in the house of Jesus. Come on, are you with me out here? Now, he had a unique understanding about the word and words. Somebody say words. James 3.13 says, Who was a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a what? Good conversation, his works and meekness of what? Wisdom. But he says, but if you have what? Bitter envy, envying and strife in your heart. He said, glory not and lie not against the truth. He said, if you have bitterness, if you have bitterness, if you have envy, if you have strife in your heart, he said, shut up. Shut your mouth. Let me say it again. He said, if you have bitterness, envy, stripe in your heart, shut up. Shut your mouth. He said, don't lie against the truth. In other words, don't start talking crosswise of the only faith source you have, which is the Word of God. You have to make a commitment. If that's what it says, that's what we are. Are you with me out here? If the Word says forgive, then that's what we do. And we do it right now. I don't care whether you like it or not. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? We are soldiers in the army of the Lord. Come on, we are what? Soldiers in the army. We don't stand up and argue with the commander-in-chief. Come on, say amen, somebody. You do not stand up and argue with the commander-in-chief. You will get an Article 15. Some of you military people know about that. I know about that because I got one. <laughs> Glory to God. You don't argue with the commander and chief, and they don't care how wrong you are, or you, you, how wrong that commander is. Amen. I told promise about the story about when I was in Air Force, the real, the real service. <laughs> the real service, you know. When I was in the Air Force, amen, not the dirty green army, <laughs> not the jarheads, but the real service, <laughs> amen. And I was, in, I was in Texas, and me and another guy, me and another black guy, we were the only one going to school, you know, trying to get our education. You know, at that time, when you're, 
the military paid for your education. But they only paid for your education if you passed the class. If you failed the class, you've got to pay them some money back. So I had this redneck, amen, as my commander-in-chief at the time, the sergeant on our truck. I was an aircraft electrician. And what he would do, he would take me out on the flight line to an airplane at the Pacific time I was going to class. Then he would pick me up after my class was over. <laughs> and he kept doing this time at the time, and so I confronted him. <laughs> and I told him, I said, number one, you ain't going to make me fail this class. And I didn't cuss him, but I just raised my voice. And he, this is the way it works, he turned around and said, look here, nigger. You didn't join the military to go to school. You joined the military to serve your country. I still didn't cuss. <laughs> Amen. But I kind of raised my voice a little higher. But then he got in my face. He's a big guy. He's about bigger than Hezekiah. And I took my toolbox, which I had in my hand. <laughs> and I swung it. <laughs> I didn't hit him. <laughs> Amen. But the smart thing I always used to do is I used to document everything he did. Time, day, hour, and second. Because I knew how to cover my butt. You know, they said something else, but CYB. Amen. <laughs> and I went immediately to social actions. And what happened was they, since they couldn't deny, because I had witnesses of what he said and what he did and what he kept doing. They, he, he had about, he, had, he, he was either retiring that year or the next year, and they had to kick him out. But then they turned around and gave me an Article 15. No, not for swinging. Because, an Article 15, because I raised my voice. <laughs> and even in the army, you don't raise your voice. That's why he's there every day on time, other than other places, like I'm not going to keep, keep going. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you got to do what you're what? You cannot argue with your commander and chief. Come on, say amen, somebody that has already given us direct orders. It's not optional. Come on. Not in this army. It's not optional. When the commander-in-chief does set, tell you something, he tells you to forgive, you forgive. Now there was a guy that asked, don't we have a base in Hawaii? Because it's hot out here. I don't like being a soldier out here in this desert. Don't we have a place in Hawaii? 
I can be in the army just as easy in Hawaii as I can be out in the desert. So what did he do? He just packs his duffel bag and goes off to Hawaii. And he checks in on the base in Hawaii, and he says, Sir, Private Dum Dum is reporting for duty, sir. <laughs> and the guy at the desk looks at the, looks at the list and says, Well, here's Dummy. Here's Dimwit. I don't have a Dum Dum on the list. But wait a minute. I have you on this other list over here. And then he immediately has the man arrested right on the spot because why? Now that man is considered AWOL and a deserter. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? You can't just pick up, go and pick up, go. You cannot go and pick up where you want to serve. You can't pick where you want to serve. You can't go where you want to go. can't just go pick where you want to serve. And it's no different in the army of the Lord. You can't just pick where you want to serve. Say it again. You can't just pick where you want to serve. What's the Bible say in 1 Corinthians 12, 18? Now the Lord has what? God, now, now, now has God set what? The members, every one of them. Every one. Does that include you? Does that include you? Are you listening in every one? God has set the members, every one of them, in the body as it has. Has what? Please him. Why? Because he has a plan. Listen to me now. Because he has a plan. He knows you. Are you with me out here? He created you. His plan is developed on the inside of you. Listen, he knows where your laughing place is. He knows where your victories are. Oh, come on out with me out here. Why? That's where his grace is. And that's where you need to go and get in that place. Come on, get in that grace. You need to get in that place where he wants you to be. Why? Because in that place is where your grace works. Let me say that again. In that place is where your grace works. In that place is where your faith works. In that place is where everything will work. It's like it's supposed to work. If you're in the wrong place, not doing what God told you to do, and you want to pick where you want to serve, or you don't serve, you're not in that, you're not in that place, so there is no grace and there is no faith. So the blessing that you're asking for God is not there because that is not where God told you to be. Well, I don't want to be an usher. I don't want to be a children's church worker. I don't want to clean those stinking toilets. And you need to settle this. Dear neighbor, you need to settle this. You need to be where you need to be. 
whether it's what church you need to be in or where you're supposed to serve. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. Why? Because that's where your grace is. That's where your faith will work. Come on, say amen, somebody. That's where everything will work the way it's supposed to work. It won't work if you're somewhere where you're not supposed to be because you chose it. You didn't check with the commander-in-chief. Come on, say amen, somebody. And there are so many people in the body of Christ. There's so many people in churches today, they're serving or they're just not serving at all. So guess what? There's no grace. And they wonder why their faith ain't working. Oh, oh Lord, it's getting quiet in Presbyterian Church. Hallelujah. And you start first by saying, Father, am I in the right sheepfold? That's where you start. Where's the church you called me to be a part of? People have to ask that question. And see, pastors don't like the preachers because why? They're afraid of losing the only 10 people they have in their church. <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. And they say, I don't want to preach them out of here. But we need to, folks. Say that again. We need to. Because why? If there's a strange sheep in the congregation, You have to get him out of there and get him over to where he belongs. Come on, are you with me out here? Because why? He's not going to like anything we preach. Why? Because he might have come from a plumbing church. We're a plumbing church. We do the plumbing on the house of God. The only problem is the church he's going to is a roofing church. So he doesn't like roofing sermons. He likes plumbing sermons. Come on, say amen, somebody. He wants to hear about sinks, toilets. Amen. He don't want to hear about roots and rafters. So what do he do? So he criticizes everything the pastor said. And he can't figure out why doesn't the pastor ever preach on sinks and toilets. Why? I like sinks. Nobody around here ever preaches on sinks. All y'all do is talk about roof stuff all the time. And if he stays, if he, if he stays, what's he going to do? He's going to try to put a toilet on top of the house. <laughs> Why? Because he's out of place. Come on, does that make sense to anybody? If he's out of place, he's out of grace. That is part of spiritual 
law. Say it again. That's part of spiritual law. If you're out of place, you're out of grace. And that person needs to be counseled to pray and seek the Lord. And we need to help that person and let them know we love you. But you need to find out where God has called you to be. Because why? That's where your grace is. And your grace may not be at Word of Faith. Your grace may not be at a church across the street. Your grace may not be there. you got to find where your grace is. And it may be around the other side of the world. But the blessing of the Lord is around there waiting on you. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. Glory to God. Rick Renner was talking about when he is in Russia. And he is moving from, um, from one place to another place. And he was, you know, reluctant to move. And God had already put him on, told him, you, you're supposed to be over there. And said that, all of a sudden, where he's at, I mean, he had a big congregation and a big church, but he felt, he felt something leave. He could have pressed and tried to stay there. But guess what? The grace was no longer there. The grace was over there. And in order for him to get in that grace, he had to go. Now, the grace wasn't going to move. The grace was going to stay there. He could try all he wanted to work that thing right there, but that grace has gone, has left. The grace was over there. So he had to go to where the grace was, and guess what? God gave him a bigger church. He has the number one, the biggest church in Russia because his grace was over there. But if he would have tried to force himself and make it work there, even though he was successful there, it wouldn't have worked because the grace was no longer there. Why? You got to be at the place where your grace is. Oh, come on now, you're with me out here. Hallelujah. And all you got to do is say, sir, I am yours to command. Your will be done on earth in my life as it is in heaven. Now, he's not going to jerk you up and unroot you. What's he going to do? He's going to start working with you and working with you and working with you. And he'll start working on the plan with you as long as you will stay in faith. And say, please, God, Father, I praise you. Whether you whatever you tell me to do, it's better than what I'm doing right now. Amen. What's that? That's faith talking. Tell your neighbor, that's faith talking. What's the Bible say in Proverbs 3, 5? Turn there. God, whatever you tell me to do is better than what I'm doing now. Come on, that's faith talking. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways, what? Acknowledge him and he shall, what? Direct thy path. He said, trust in the Lord. Trust him with all your heart. God knows the plan for your life. He knows exactly where you need to be. Because why? He placed the grace over there for you to get in it. But who do you seek to find out where you're supposed to be? The Lord. That's not, that's not only just church, but where you're supposed to serve. 
Hey, mama, I got quiet again. Where you're supposed to serve. Because where you, where you serve is where your grace is, folks. That's where your faith will work the greatest, folks. Come on, we're talking about principles of faith. We're talking about the laws of faith. Look at Romans 4.16. So he said, trust me about what? All your heart. Romans 4.16. Are you with me? Romans 4.16 says, therefore it is of what? Faith that it might be by grace to the end. To the end. The promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of what? Of the faith of Abraham, who is the what? Father of us all. Somebody say, no love, no faith. No faith, no grace. Come on, say it again. No love, no faith. No faith, no grace. And that's the reason why there's so much struggle. Unbelief, scripture calls it wickedness. He says the evil heart of unbelief. Because you remember the ten spies? Come on. Or Bill Winston said the ten preachers. <laughs> Come on, they went to the promised land. They came back with what? An evil report. And God had two men preaching faith. And ten of them declaring we can't do it. <clears throat> right? Those that believe what the ten preachers said got their lives cut short from 120 down to 70 to 80 years. Nobody got out that desert if you were over 20 years old. The moment you turn 70 or at the most 80, you are going to fall on your face dead. <laughs> it's over for you. Come on, say amen, somebody. And what happened is we brought that lie and we still think 70 or 80 years is it for us. And it never was. It never was. Look at Genesis 6-3 again. Genesis chapter 6 verse 3. And it says, The Lord said, my spirit shall not have what? Always strive with man, but that he is also what? Flesh, yet his days shall be what? 120 years. Well, let's read that from the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation reads, Then the Lord said, My spirit will not put up with humans for such a long time, for they are what? Only what? Mortal flesh. But in the future, their normal lifespan will be no more than 120 years. This is their normal lifespan. It's supposed to be 120 years. That's supposed to be your normal lifespan. But what does the enemy have us believing? 70 or 80 years. And people reach 80 talking about, I made it. Then they die the next day. <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen? This is a normal lifespan. What? A hundred and what? 
20 years. But guess what? In order to live 120 years, it takes adherence to the law of love. <laughs> Let me say it again. In order to live 120 years, it takes adherence to the what? To the law of love or the commandment of love. And it also takes adherence to it. Takes, it takes faith. Somebody say it takes faith. And it takes grace. It takes grace continually without bowing your confession of God's word and compromising it. On a day in and day out renewed lifestyle. Come on. Day in, day out in your mind renewed. Come on. You have to be a lifestyle. It has to continue being renewed. Your mind has to continue being renewed in this until you reach 120 years of age. This is a continual process that I got to adhere to the law of love. Continuous process. I got to stay in faith. And I got to be in grace continually without bowing my confession of God's word and not compromising what I'm saying. Amen. Come on, say amen, somebody. I got to do this what? Day in and day out. I have to have a, I have to have a mind renewed lifestyle. Say it again. I have to have what? A mind renewed lifestyle to continue to be renewed until I reach 120 years old. You have to set your life and faith on this. Like me and my wife have. Come on, say amen, somebody. And if you, and if, if you do, what happens? If you do, your health will improve. And you'll actually start aging backwards, mama. <laughs> you'll start aging backwards. Why? That's what God intended for you to do. To age what? Backwards. But you have to commit to that. And when stuff starts messing up, you start feeling some things uncomfortable, you say, no, wait a minute, body. You just get in line. You got 60 more years to go. So just straighten up here now. Either Jesus comes or we finish these 120 years, one or two. We're going to do one or one, one or one or two. Either Jesus comes or we're going to finish this 120 years. So body, get in line. So body, get in what? Line. But I have to what? I have to be settled in this. And it takes what? It takes an adherence to what? To the laws of the spirit. The law of love. It takes faith. And it takes a continuing, come on, it takes grace, and it takes a what? A continual mind renewal every day, day in and day out. Why? Because God's desire is for us to be 120 years old. But if you don't know the laws of faith, you will not make it. If you don't work the laws of faith, you will not make it. Come on, say amen, somebody. And one of the major laws of faith is faith worketh by love. That's why the enemy's number one task, and he's been very successful, to get you out of your love walk. 
That's your biggest challenge each and every day. Come on, let's be real. That's your biggest challenge each and every day because you've got to deal with people. You can't run from them. They're always going to be there. And the devil knows how to push your buttons. Come on, say amen, somebody. And the key is you got to understand what this what we're talking about here. The laws of faith. It's a spiritual law. Faith worketh by love. And I gotta be, I can't be ignorant to what the devil's doing. When he puts that unlovable person in my path. I got to recognize and say, I love you anyway. Come on, say amen, somebody. Regardless of what they have done to you, regardless of what they have said to you, we're talking about spiritual law. Unforgiveness. You got to get rid of it. You got to get rid of it. Spiritual law. Unforgiveness, no faith. Lift your hands and give God praise. <clears throat> Father, we give you praise. Father, we give you glory. Father, we give you